What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Schroeder's an unrestricted free agent this year. Probably made one of the most bonehead decisions in the history of the league by turning down an $84 million extension. Matty Johnson came out and said, Schroeder is not Laker material. I don't think he's going to get the $100 million he's looking for. For sure, I'm not the Lakers. And if anybody knows who belongs in the Laker form, it's Matty Johnson. Welcome back to What's Burning. We're in the midst of the playoffs, Jack. Let's start first with the Nets and Bucks. The Bucks were able to tie it 2-2 at home, showing some life. Uh, Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Tucker all had strong outings. Uh, big loss for the Nets. Kyrie Irving goes down with a severely sprained ankle. Thoughts on Game 4 and what has to happen in Game 5? Uh, you know, they, they, I think they're doing a great job on Giannis. He only has three moves, and they, I think they're starting to figure it out. I think the biggest thing that I've been taking away from the game is Middleton. Middleton is really coming to his own. You have a lot of guys that are supposed to be stars that don't show up in the, in the postseason. Middleton is really carrying his team right now. He's making the big shots. He's making the big plays. And also, uh, you got to give P.J. Tucker credit for making it difficult for K.D., but uh, going forward, the uh, Nets have to get healthy, Matt. They have to get healthy. Um, it's a series now. Uh, Kyrie might is definitely, I'm pretty sure, he's going to be out next game. So uh, KD really has to make it easy for himself. Stop dribbling the ball up the court, catch the ball somewhere in the post area and save some energy And because uh, they're definitely going to need him to be at his best. Yeah, I agree. I mean, P.J. Tucker uh, playing good D, great D. Uh, what I like, I mean, they're letting Tucker really body up KD like, this is reminds me of late 90s, early 2000s defense. I mean, nowadays you can't really touch no one, but you're seeing P.J. Tucker really put his body and be physical. Uh, Coach Nash spoke about it after a game, calling some of the plays not even basketball plays. So Tucker's definitely doing a good job of trying to slow KD down. But one thing you can't count on is, is KD going 9 for 25 from the field again. They're going to have to make some adjustments. I mean, KD is really the only playmaker out there now. So how does he get the rest of the guys involved and still score at a high level is what's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, with Kyrie missing, probably most likely going to miss game five. Does that mean James Harden is going to try to rush his progress? I mean, he can try to rush it or they can try to rush it, but we all know hamstrings, man. Hamstrings, you're not going to know if you could really go until you have to make an instinctual decision or an instinctual reaction. You can test it all you want because all those are calculated moves, but you're not really going to know until you're in the game um, if you have it. So, Obviously, this is everyone's favorite or our favorites to come out the East and possibly contend for a title. But if they're not healthy, uh, 
I mean, this is this is a big opportunity for Milwaukee to to overcome them and, and hopefully head to the Eastern Conference Finals. So this is going to be interesting to watch. Next series, we head east with the Hawks and Sixers. Philly regained home court advantage by going into Atlanta and taking game three. Game four is tipping off shortly. Man, Embiid, Simmons, and Harris all delivered in game three. And normally when their bench plays well, it's always going to be a good sign for Philly. Um, I low-key think Atlanta is just outmatched as deep as they are. I think this is great, valuable playoff experience, but I just think Philly is too deep. Jack, what are your thoughts on tonight's game four and moving forward? Do you think Atlanta can push this to a six or seven game series? I really don't, man. Embiid is just too much. And if he's if he's healthy and he's able to do what he's been doing, he's going to dominate the game. He's going to put his imprint in the game and make sure they win. Uh, Atlanta has to has to mix the game up. They get like it's an old saying. They got to throw some shit in the game. Um, they're going to have to either hack Ben Simmons, do a hack of Ben Simmons or something to try to take their momentum. But you can't just let uh, Embiid get the ball every play and 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 dominate the game. Uh, Harris is playing well. Simmons is actually playing well also. Um, but if they can kind of try to mix this game up, make the game a little dirty, uh, they have a better chance of winning. But if they're just playing basketball and letting them be, do what he want to do, they're going to be going home real early. Yeah, it's going to be trouble. Um, notable, Dan, Danny Green's out two weeks with a calf strain. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is out for the Hawks. I think it's important. Obviously, Atlanta has a home game tonight. If they can win this game and, and maybe push it to six, but if they lose tonight – I see Philly closing it out in Philly next game and on to the Eastern Conference Finals for the 76ers, so we'll have to pay attention to see how that goes. Headed out west, big matchup tonight between the Clippers and Jazz. Game five will be on Wednesday. Paul George stepped up big and answered the call by leading the Clippers last game. Him and Kawhi were incredible. Found out Serge Ibaka has had sending, uh, season-ending back surgery. Uh, the Clippers use that small ball formula to, to mess the game up, throw some shit in the game as they did with Dallas, and it worked well for them versus Utah. Jack, thoughts on game three, game four tonight, and moving forward, what you see in this series? Well, Paul and Kawhi have to be dominant. Um, if they're not going to use Boogie and let Boogie take, Boogie take uh, Gobert out the game, Paul and Kawhi are going to have to be dominant just like they was last game. Uh, a lot of people putting a lot of pressure on, on Paul, me, myself as well, because I know what he can do and I know what he means to that team. But if they can be that one-two punch, they're definitely going to be hard to beat. I think the question about this series is who's going to be good enough to win a game on the road? Both yeah. of these teams struggle on the road in the playoffs. What team is going to be that team to get a win uh, on the road? And I think that's going to tell the tale of the series. Donovan Mitchell has came out the gate strong, man, averaging 37 um, through the first three games. Went down with that right ankle injury and didn't return. Possibly could have returned, but the game was kind of out of hand. So I think Coach Snyder kept him on the sideline. Jordan Clarkson has been playing his ass off at about 19 points a game, hit six threes in game one and game two. Bogdanovich, Ingles, Gobert all doing what they're supposed to do. I'm impressed what this team has been able to do without their starting all-star point guard, Mike Conley. Yeah, I think I think the good thing about it is they, they're excited about having Conley back, but Jackson has been playing well on the other side. So um, I think they're going to even each other out. Jackson's really stepped up for the Clippers, man, and he's been hitting some big shots for them too. So it's going to be good to see that matchup. I think Ty Lue made a great adjustment by finally taking the handcuffs off Jackson. He, he's been getting, mm-hmm. he, was getting, he was getting pulled in and out all season. They were going with Pat Bev as the starting uh, guard, and then Pat Bev went down towards the end of the season and gave Jackson a really a chance to show how good he I mean, we all know how talented he is, but he's definitely been playing his ass off. Probably the unsung hero for that Clipper team uh, this round, man. Been hitting big shots, making big plays, keeping the team fired up. This is going to be an interesting series. I mean, you know, Clippers went down 0-2 last, uh, last series and were able to get Dallas in seven. Tonight they got a chance to even up the series at 2-2. Two to two. 
Could they possibly be, I think they'd be the first team in NBA history to go down 0-2 in the first two rounds and win both series. But, you know, with all the injuries happening, I mean, to me, this playoff is wide open. Now, obviously, we thought the Lakers were going to be the favorite in the West. They got hurt. We thought that Nets were going to be the favorite in the East. Now they're hurt. I think this opens a door for everybody, whether it's Phoenix, Utah, the Clippers, out West, Milwaukee, Philly. I mean, there's no clear-cut favorite this year and I think that's the first time in a while we haven't had a clear-cut favorite man so these playoffs have been great hopefully everyone can stay healthy so we can see the best of these teams but we all know injuries are a part of the game it takes a lot of luck to get through this shit and we're going to see who finishes uh you know finishes on their feet on the radar presented to you by DraftKings Suns were able to sweep the Nuggets last night improving their odds to plus 135 to win the West the Jazz are at plus 120 the Clippers are at plus 320. CB3 led the Suns last night with obviously a lot of help from Devin Booker in the closeout game. CP had 37. Book had 34. They're able to now rest up and get some more time for Chris's shoulder to heal. Uh, the Suns are very impressive, and I think we definitely owe them some respect. I mean, you're lying. It, whoever says they saw the Suns in the Western Conference Finals at the beginning of the playoffs are lying. Uh, although right. we're huge fans of CP3, the odds were just stacked against them. But he's been able to overcome that shoulder injury and lead these guys to the Western Conference Finals. And I couldn't be happier for this team. Jack, what are your thoughts on them and him and Book and the rest of the Phoenix Suns? Well, I remember texting CP3 uh, probably a month ago that he was my MVP. Um, and he definitely played like last night. Uh, him and Book are definitely a two-headed monster that's kind of looking unstoppable right now. Um, I, I love the way they're playing. I love the way they went there and dominated and, uh, and, and, and made their claim for a team that's, that, that's to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. Obviously, I don't have them winning the Western Conference. If um, the Clippers can make it out, I see the Clippers uh, making out this series. I see the Clippers winning it. But uh, I would love to see these two teams go head-to-head in the Western Conference Finals. No, I agree. I mean, and what I like about the Suns, obviously, the, the story, the journey of Coach Williams, uh, you know, him, him and Chris being so close, but the way they've been able to get everyone else outside of their two superstars to play well. Aiton's been playing well. Crowder's been mm-hmm. playing well. All the young kids off the bench are playing like they've done this before. You know, this is a lot of their first time in the playoffs, and these guys have not been shined by the lights. They've continuing to play hard, and they're playing the best basketball in the playoffs right now. So for me to continue to go against them, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm going to wait and see who comes out of this Utah and Clippers <laughs> series. But right now, you know, Phoenix is hot, man. And, and, and we all know it's not always who the best team is. It's who's, the, who's playing the best at the right time. And the Phoenix Suns are definitely playing the best at the right time. You remember in the bubble last year, they won eight straight. Um, I think they're seven and one in the playoffs or eight and one in the playoffs now. So playing really good basketball and, and looking forward to what they're able to do in the, in the Western Conference Finals. Again, shout out to our man, CP3. Some argue should have yep. been the MVP. I was definitely on that bandwagon, but hey, is what it is. But uh, best of luck for them moving forward. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
<laughs> I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Had a great opportunity, man, to sit down with my man Phil Handy, who's been collecting rings the past few years, one of the best basketball minds in the game. His episode drops this Thursday, June 17th. Enjoy this teaser. I have a like a real deep appreciation for the journey that I've been on because of because of how I became a coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Brown obviously gave me an opportunity. My guy. I wasn't a dude that was, you know, had a long NBA career. I mean, I had a long basketball career, right. played overseas, but I've always had this thing of for me personally, man, I just I want to compete to win. That's just it's in me. And, you know, it doesn't always work out like that. Everybody does. But when I got to the Lakers, you know, again, I was obviously at the end of Kobe's career going going into it. You know, we had our struggles with that team. Um, But when I went to Cleveland, Mike got fired and he asked me to come to Cleveland. You know, one of the things he said to me was, one, we want you to mentor Kyrie. Mm. Two, that there's a chance that LeBron might come back to Cleveland. Who knows? So I went to Cleveland my first year. We were terrible. Dog shit. We just young team trying to figure it out. And then LeBron came back the next year. And... We went through that season, ups and downs. You know, K-Love was getting in the whole script, and we ended up making it to the finals. Once we got there, for me, man, like walking into Oracle, going back home, oh, I'm from the, the Bay. Mm. So that first opportunity was just like, man, this is crazy. And when we got there, all I kept saying to myself was, man, there's nothing else. There's no other feeling that you want. Now, look, it's not guaranteed but I've always wanted to put myself in a position where every year I want to be part of a team that's trying to compete for a championship. Right. That's my mindset. Competitor in you. Man, and people, you know, some people say you're ring chasing. Well, you call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I want to win. Right. I'm not in this for money or, you know, what I'm, I'm a purist of the game of basketball. So what opportunities can I put myself in to where we can compete for a championship? Mm-hmm. And, you know, went through that run in Cleveland. Kind of like went through a spell where my time in Cleveland kind of came to a you know came to an end. I was there for five years, mm-hmm. and then it was like, what's next? So you know, I knew Bron was was leaving out of the East, and Toronto had been a team that we had been competing against you know for years in the playoffs. And I always kind of felt like the only reason why they couldn't make that hump was because Bron was just mm-hmm. right every year they, mm-hmm. they had to run into him at some point in our teams. So when the whole thing shifted, you know, I played for Nick Nurse in Europe. Oh, okay. So Nick became the head coach, and I looked at Toronto and said, man, they have a team that can compete. And this was before Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I looked at DeMar. I loved his game. I loved Kyle Lowry. I loved some of the young players that they had. And I said, man, shoot, it's the East is wide open. There's a chance there. Mm-hmm. So when that opportunity presented itself, I said, hey, I'm going to Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick wanted me on his staff. Man, two days after I signed my contract and agreed to terms, I woke up ESPN. 
Toronto Raptors have traded Lamar DeRozan mm-hmm. for Kawhi Leonard. Bro, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> nah, like you said, man. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. Again, just utmost respect for DeMar because he's a he's mm-hmm. a hooper. Competitor, right? And, you know, I didn't know Kawhi, but when he came to came to Toronto and saw that he was healthy, I was like, look, man, we got a we got a real, real chance, chance bro. Mm-hmm. You have a real chance. And so that year went the way it went. You know, I have a seven-year-old son lives here in LA. You know, Brian, me and Brian always kept in touch. So it just it worked out for me to come back to LA and we go back to the finals again. I couldn't I couldn't write this story. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's been you know, crazy. The only thing I can do is one, be grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like you said, it's not guaranteed. I've I have a lot of respect for a lot of coaches that have coached in the league for 30 years. Yeah, Some of them have never been to the mm-hmm. finals. Some of them have never been to a conference finals. Mm-hmm. So I don't look at this journey and say it's been a cakewalk. You know, I'm just looking at saying, man, I keep my head down every day, keep grinding, keep working, and just try to try to put yourself in the best position mm-hmm. possible. That's all you can do. It's time to make your mark with Tally and Twine Watch Company. The luxury watch brand is 100% black-owned and run by two HBCU grads and former college roommates. Tally and Twine offers detail and luxury with styles for both men and women. The Virginia-based company, founded in 2014, has been featured in Men's Health, The Rob Report, Black Enterprise, Huffington Post, New York Magazine, Cosmopolitan, and many more. Join the Italian Twine family. Shop ItalianTwine.com and use the code ATS for 10% off your next order. Next up, On the Clock, presented to you by Italian Twine. Jack, we could have some big-time point guards potentially changing cities this summer. Let's start with Kimball Walker. Uh, who showed his displeasure as the Celtics tried to shop him. He's owed $70 million over the next two years. Someone who found himself in Charlotte, missed six games in four seasons there, has missed 45 games in the last two seasons with Boston. He's owed a lot of money. High-profile point guards haven't worked there the past couple of years. Obviously, the, the, the Kyrie experiment didn't work. This doesn't look like it's working. What are your thoughts with Kemba's decision and uh, him moving forward? Uh, he's a great player. Definitely is some uh, guard that can help any organization. I just don't know where, Matt. Uh, he had a great opportunity in Charlotte, uh, was an all-star, was the leader of that team, was a Jordan ambassador. Everything was looking good for him in Charlotte. That didn't work. You get to Boston, you have two of the greatest young stars in the game right now, and that's not being able to work. So I, I really don't know what's the fit for him or what's going on. Obviously, um, I think he wants a bigger role, but at the same time, you have to look in the mirror and know who you are. Uh, you're not that big of a guard. You're not the greatest defender at point guard. So I just think um, he has to weigh his options to see what's best for him. But if you can make it work in Boston, I think you should because I think that's his best bet at winning and being able to, to, to look good for himself with those two young stars with him. See, I don't know if, if, if Boston needs a scoring point guard. I think they need more of a playmaker, obviously, you know, a, a Rondo type, not a Rondo. Rondo, you know, Rondo's on the backside of his career. But when you have two 25 point scoring a night wings I don't know if you need a 20 point a night scoring point guard I think you need more of a playmaker decision maker guys that can settle down get them into offense get them into something so I'm not really sure that Kemba is a great fit there and the biggest thing is he he hasn't been able to stay healthy you know he's had the the knee issues in Boston when he's played well the team's been well but he's been in and out so much the past two seasons it's kind of hard to get a real good measure on what he what, what those three stars can do so it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. He's still owed a lot of money over the next two seasons. And like you said, he's not the biggest guy and he's not as durable as he used to be. So it'll be interesting to see um, if he's able to stay or, you know, the, the Celtics make a move with him. So 
We'll have to stand by and check that out. Next up, who should the Lakers target to replace Schroeder? Uh, Schroeder's an unrestricted free agent this year. Probably made one of the most bonehead decisions in the history of the league by turning down an $84 million extension offered to him earlier in the season by the Lakers. Didn't play well in the playoffs. Matty Johnson came out and said, Schroeder is not Laker material. Lacks winning mentality and attitude. Uh, he's taken a lot of the blame for not playing well in the playoffs. He went scoreless in one game. Jack, thoughts on Schroeder, his decision to turn down $84 million, and where he and the Lakers go from here? He's definitely regretting that. He's definitely regretting that. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the $100 million he's looking for. For sure not the Lakers. And if anybody know who belongs in the Lakers for him, it's Magic Johnson. So you can't go against what he says when it comes to that. But he has to find his niche somewhere. I mean, uh, he didn't play well. You can't be a starting point guard on the Lakers team in the playoffs with AD down and go scoreless. I, I just don't know how that happens when you play those minutes and you can't get a bucket. You know what I mean? It's frustrating to a lot of players that played the game and that's watching the game, especially when you get that opportunity when you know there's other guys that, that can take advantage of that opportunity. So I wish him the best. Uh, he just put himself in a tough situation right now, and I don't know how it's going to work out for him. Yeah, I like Schroeder. Uh, you know, talking to Chris Paul a lot, Chris loved him, loved him in OKC. So he's one of the most competitive players ever played with, loved the opportunity as a teammate. I think it kind of started as a snowball effect once he turned down that money and said he wanted 100. And we all know, I mean, playing in L.A. is so much more than actually playing basketball. You know what I mean? When the, when, 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 when the, when the birds start chirping and the media starts, you know, making a big deal of you turning things down and then you, you know, get hurt a little bit and then you don't play well. It's just a snowball effect of bullshit that can deter you from your actual job, which is going out there and performing. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Um, I still think he's a really good point guard. I think he's going to get paid money. I don't know if he'll get paid $84 million. Um, I definitely don't think he'll get 100, but hey, you never know. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, if they aren't able to work something out with him, I mean, there's guys like Lowry out there, uh, John mm. Wall, uh, mm. who's still in a contract with Houston. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two potentially becoming Lakers, either one of them? I love both of those guys, but for, for, for as far as fit, I'm going Kyle Lowry. You got a tough-minded point, the tough-minded point guard. He's a champion. He knows what it takes. He's going to run that team. He's going to do his job as a point guard, and he's a knockdown shooter. Um, I think Lowry is a, is a great is a great um, addition for the Lakers going forward to add to that team. That's definitely what they need. I like the Lowry idea, Jack, but he'll be 36 next season. And how old is this team going to be with a 37-year-old LeBron, a 36-year-old Kyle Lowry being two of their main contributors? That's the only thing that scares me. Like I said, his, his, his resume speaks for itself. One of the toughest-minded point guards we've ever seen. He's a champion. He's a winner. He's a leader. But do you risk having a 36-year-old point guard when you're going to have a 37-year-old LeBron James next to him, knowing how much they're going to need both of those guys to be ready to go during the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I like Wall. I don't think Wall is necessarily the the, the fit they need. Um, I love his bounce back season after being out of basketball for two years to be able to come out and average, you know, 19 and seven. I think he was at. He still owed a shitload of money too, if I'm not mistaken. He still has two years, 90 million left on his contract. So whether he ends up staying in Houston or not, is yet to be determined, but there's definitely some point guards out there. It's going to be interesting to see that who the Lakers go after because it has to be a unique type. Again, like I said with Boston, 
Does this team need a playmaking point guard to take some pressure off of Braun? Do they need a scoring point guard? Do they need a, a guard that can do both? Because um, I know that that window is, is closing over there in L.A. You know, I definitely think next year they're still going to have a great shot at, at, at winning a title. But after that, I'm not sure. So this point guard decision this summer is going to be really big for the Lakers franchise moving forward. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Next up, our favorite segment on the show, fan questions. Let's get started. I call you win. The worst thing a vet on the squad has made you do when you were rookies. Uh, I, I was good, man. I, the, my vets took care of me. Stephon Marbury gave me a Range Rover, Escalade, and took me shopping. And I think what saved me was I had Kenyon Martin as, as a, my other rookie on my team, and he was the number one pick. And they couldn't get him to pick up water or nothing. He wasn't doing nothing because he was the number one pick. So it kind of saved me. I was in a good position as a rookie, man. I, I'm glad I had Stephon Marbury. I'm glad I had guys like um, Johnny Newman and Sherman Douglas, got good vets that just wanted me Those to learn the ropes, didn't really want to abuse me. Right. Uh, I had a, a, a different situation. I went to a young Clipper team, so our vets were young. They were the same age as me. I think Elton Brand was our vet, you know what I mean? And he was only two years older than me. So we had a real young team with a shithole organization at the time. We pra- used to practice at Southwest College in L.A., which is a junior college. And we used to have to leave the back doors to the gym open because people would break into our cars during practice. No shower, no weight room. Donald Sterling had us motherfucking some bullshit over there, but I didn't really have to do no rookie duties either. Like I said, young team, cool team, energetic team. I remember my first day on that team, no quick story. I came up on a 10 day. So my literally my very first practice was Quentin Richardson and Keon Dooley got in a fight like right at the beginning. And you know, Quentin's big motherfucking bare ass was trying to, and then KD was 
you know, throwing jabs, this shit was just, I was like, okay, this is what the NBA is about, huh? So that was kind of like my welcome to the NBA moment, seeing two of my teammates get into it. But besides that, I really didn't have no, uh, no rookie duty, so I was glad. Next fan question, at Koku Puff, does a first-round playoff loss almost feels more disappointing than not making the playoffs at all? I mean, obviously, making the playoffs is a, is a, is a goal and, and an accomplishment. But if you go out in the first round, basically you just wasted two more weeks. You could have been chilling. <laughs> you know, you could have, your season could have ended two weeks earlier. But no, it's definitely not a disappointment. Um, if you get swept, um, that's another story. But making the playoffs obviously is every team's goal. Winning a championship is every team's goal. So getting knocked out in the first round, you know, it, it's something to build on. Similar to what the Knicks had this year, they made the playoffs. It's something to build on. So it's definitely not a disappointment. Uh, it's more frustrating than a disappointment. I, I totally agree with Matt. It's more frustrating and disappointment. Getting that experience is always something to build on, build it for the next year. You know, once you get in, then you're like, okay, we made it to the first round. Now let's see if we can get to the second round. So it's, you got you have to start somewhere. A lot of teams wish they a lot of a lot of players go through their career and never get a chance to taste the playoffs. So anytime you can get in there is always a, a blessing. Next up, Richie underscore twenty four ten. If the Clippers lose to the Jazz, is it time to blow this thing up? It's definitely time to make changes and um it definitely time to figure things out. With Paul and Kawhi, that expectations are so high that when losing always makes you question yourself. And um, you know, you have you have big men on the team that, that I would, that I think should be playing. You have a great roster, one of the deepest rosters in the NBA, and uh, you expect to win. Any anytime you have a team where you have great players like Paul George and Kawhi side by side, you expect big things and anything less is uncivilized. Uh I don't think it's time to blow up if you think about it. To close this season, if they don't win, if they do win, it's only been two years with this team. And you know it takes three, four years to really build a team. I think in L.A., it's like dog years, though. I mean, everything is always in the fast forward. <laughs> they want they want everything now, 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 and now. Although I think they have a great chance to, to climb out of this hole and come out of this series ahead. I don't think it's time. Um you know, sometimes it's tough for a coach to have so much talent to figure out who's supposed to play when and figure out what the rotations are. I think that's something that T. Lou is kind of trying to balance out now in the playoffs, which is tough. You should kind of already have this set. But he's been doing a good job, I think, of making, you know, putting sitting people down, putting people in the game. We both would like to see Big Boogie play more. He showed two great flashes in his brief minutes playing in this series. So wonder why he's not playing more, but obviously they have their reasons. But to answer the question, it's only been two years, you know, and I don't think anything should be blown up after two years. Obviously high expectations with two superstars on your team, but all the, it's more than superstar. It's chemistry and really understanding each other. And now if this happens again next year, uh, you know, if, if they don't show improve next year, then I think it's really time to start thinking, OK, do we need to go a different direction? But whether they, you know, lose this series or they will come out of this series, this team just needs time. And and unfortunately, being in L.A., you don't have much of it. Next fan question, Ant Baca Jr. Do the Suns have what it takes to win it all this year, Matt? At the beginning of the playoffs, I would have said no, but I say, yeah, now. Um, you know, they're the hottest team in the playoffs. They've, they've taken the Lakers down. They swept the MVP. They're sitting resting, you know, waiting for to see who they're going to play next round. To me, it's wide open. It's very wide. They're a young team, and outside of their two stars, they don't have, you know, Aiton is an up-and-coming star. They don't really have that firepower that people would think you need to win a championship. But again, like I said earlier in the show, it's about getting hot at the right time. This is the hottest team in the playoffs right now with the best leader in the game. And anything is possible with this team. So I'm going to say yes. I, I'm going to say yes, they have what it takes to win the finals. 
I, I, I definitely think they have what it takes, but I think also think it also matters who they play. The Clippers are a team that switch everything, so the pick and roll won't be as effective against the Clippers as it will against Utah or any other team. So it depends on matchups to me. Next question, underscore E. Carrillo, underscore. Growing up, we all have teams that we root for. How did the love for that team change once you guys got to the league after and after you retired? Are there still teams you solely root for, or are you guys just a fan of the league as a whole now? Good question. I'm a fan of players. Uh, growing up, I grew up next to Houston, but I wasn't a Rockets fan. My favorite players were Scottie Pippen, Grant Hill, those type of guys. So I really didn't have a team. I've always been a fan of players, and today I'm the same way. Even with playing in the NBA, no team was loyal to me, so I'm not giving them my loyalty either. <laughs> so uh, if, 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 I, if I feel like I'm a part of any family or any organization, I'm a warrior the for Warriors. life. Uh, the right. Warriors the only team that still treat me like family. The Warriors is the only team that continue to bring us back and show they appreciate what we've done while the time we was there. So I'm, even though I'm a warrior for life, I'm a fan of a lot of players on different teams. Yeah, definitely. Shout out the Warriors. Um, my, I grew up a Showtime Magic Johnson Laker fan, so I've always been a Laker fan. It was probably one of the biggest honors of my life being able to put that Laker uniform on. So my loyalty or who I cheer for are the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors. And then outside of that, I, I, I cheer for players. But you know, each of those teams have a special place in my heart, um, you know, for, for, for what I went through with them. But outside of that, you know, I, I root for players. But those are the three teams that, that I root for uh, every season. Next fan question, the King Jose 23. If you guys got offered an assistant coaching job in the NBA, would you guys take it? And what role would you play? And if not, why? I would respectfully decline. Um, just that NBA grind and travel is 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 behind me now, and that's as a player at the end of my career was which was the worst part about it was always having to travel and always having to be gone. Like I've been happy with my retirement, uh, being able to spend more time with my kids and and really do stuff outside of basketball. So although um, it could be a dream job for some and a tremendous opportunity, um, I'd pass. I'd rather coach my kids in AAU and and spend more time with them. I would love to. Uh, I actually talked to Mike Brown if he ever get a coaching job that I would love to. I actually talked to Sam Cassell and Chauncey Billups if they all get. I would love to be an assistant coach. I love the game. I love to be around the game. And especially now, I think I really might get the opportunity, the fact that I'm not smoking no more. I think me, me smoking in the way I was doing things <laughs> kept me away from getting a coaching job or getting the opportunity at a workout coaching job. But I would love to, Matt. I honestly would. Closing thoughts, we got a big matchup this weekend with undefeated former All the Smoke guest, WBC middleweight Jamal Charlo will be entering the ring on June 10th in Houston, Texas. Jack, you'll be at the fight. Tell us who will be fighting, where you'll be sitting, and what you're going to be wearing. Well, ho hopefully I'll be there in the ring. I don't know what I'm wearing yet, but he's fighting a hard hit, Juan Macias Martel. And it's going to be a good fight, man, right there in Houston. I think it's going to be this whole city is going to come out. I can't wait to see a lot of old friends, but we got to support our guy. He's been on the show, and you got to check out the episode when we had the Charlo Brothers on here because it was straight <laughs> comedy, bro, straight Classic. comedy. The way they talk shit and bounce off each other, it reminded me of my twins. Always <laughs> at each other's necks. Always challenging each other. I loved it. Great episode, by the way. We're definitely going to be supporting. I'll be out here in L.A. watching it from the crib. And then also we got uh, Javante Davis uh, fighting in two weeks out in Atlanta, which we'll be at too. Uh, another All the Smoke alum. So we got some good fights coming up the next two weeks. Make sure you guys check these out. Showtime Boxing. What's Burning is available every week on Showtime Basketball YouTube. And you can catch us on Twitter and on Instagram at Show Basketball. Peace. See y'all next week.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.